0: Good day everyone, welcome to another shard over here in Ramble Shrapnel. These episodes of Ramble Shrapnel, or shards as we like to call them, are the little bits and pieces that are associated with the main episodes of the same corresponding number. Now, it's been a bit of a while since we did recordings for anything having to do with our channel, but that's because it was the, the, the festive season. And everybody deserves a bit of a break at the end of the year. And so we decided to rest on our laurels and give ourselves a pat on the back as well for a year's work well done. But now we're back, we're fresh and ready, and we're going to provide you guys with a lot of new content. So I'm joined again here today with my oh, yeah by my co-host, Mackie.
1: Hello everyone.
0: Yes. So there's Mackie, and today we're going to be giving you guys a brief recap and a little bit of a, a shard on our favorite fictional battles. Or I guess your favorite fictional battles as well. But um fictional battles are a bit of a iffy thing because we they're not really something that we can talk about unless we have watched or played or just Experience them ourselves. And so uh, we thought that it would be best if we just talked about a fictional battle that we didn't mention in the episode because that had to do with our favorites. And so this time we're going to be talking about a separate one. Mackie, uh, do you feel like talking first here or should I?
1: You go ahead because I think my one's a little bit more interesting. I'd like to hear yours first.
0: Okay, so I I was a bit undecided about this, and I still feel a little bit undecided about this. Um, so I I've, at first I thought that I was going to mention about uh, mention the epic struggle between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi in the what's what's the third one called again? The Sith Rise. No. What's the third Star Wars movie? Episode three?
1: I can't <laughs> I blank out. When people do this kind of thing, you know, like, I you, say, you know like- that name, I'm
0: trying to think. I'm like,
1: I know that name. But now that you don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know um, what you're talking about. It's, it's the one where, Revenge of like, the Sith. Obi- That's it. Revenge of the Sith. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. You know, everyone. Uh, I have the high ground, Anakin. That, that one. Um... You underestimate my power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow. You really made him sound a bit like Darth Sidious <laughs> over there. <laughs> you underestimate my power. But anyway, um So I I first thought that I was gonna talk about that very brief and quite impactful struggle between Anakin and Obi-Wan. But instead of that, be- just because I feel like that's a bit more in the the cultural zeitgeist of our generation at the very least I thought that I'd talk about another one from literature that although I read it a really long time ago and I don't remember the, all, all the details that well at the time it left a very big impact on me and that's the the formic Wars in the sci-fi fan, uh, the sci-fi novel series called Ender's Game or the first book is called Ender's Game. And in this this book, just to give you a very brief summary, Ender Wiggin is basically the apex of humanity in terms of what genetics can breed. He's super smart. He has very good control over his body and his muscles and such. And he basically gets recruited by the the world's military force because i think the world is like i don't know united or something by that time um in order to overcome an alien species that has a hive mind um now these aliens are called the formics because uh it it comes from the latin word for an ant and ants of course have a kind of hive-like mind or system or intelligence about them and so Uh, This story is just about how Ender is trained and um, kind of how he becomes ruthless through his training um, in such a way that he's able to overcome this alien hive mind and read all of their patterns and do all the logistics so that humanity can overthrow the aliens and basically exterminate them. But the way I I just found it's incredibly interesting how they got Ender to get to that stage because he was having a lot of personal conflicts within himself about taking the necessary steps in order to wreak death on such a massive scale. Um, And it goes a little bit into questions of like, what it would be like if you were to be the instigator of a genocide, and like a proper genocide, Dang. not not Dang. just a yeah, not just a uh, a decimation where there's like ten percent of the population that's left over. It's like a breeding pair that's left over at the end of this. Not even that. Huh. Um, but the way that the military got him to do it is that. In the training program, they, and he's part of a uh, training program for kids, um, He, they have like this video game that the children play in order to train them and get them further down the progression of being a cold-blooded killer. And there comes a stage when they have like a full-scale – uh, battle simulation with like spaceships and starships and the enemies going in formations. Basically, imagine Space Impact or Space in- Invaders the game. And Ender is like doing all the logistics because he's the commander, he's the smartest kid there is. And
1: I've seen this movie,
0: yeah. They actually <laughs> did make a movie on it, although the movie was shipped compared to the books. Um, okay. because you, good to know. good to you, know. you, you you can't have a six because he's meant to be six years old in the story and you can't have a six-year-old portray the kinds of emotions that end is going through and even the actor that was doing it who was like 12 at the time was still not able to portray that but anyway um Ender, oh in this video game they're progressing the stuff and he's leading this big battle at the end and basically, they've been simulating this battle a bunch of times. And when they knew that Ender was at the brink of being able to overcome the Formix uh, in the simulation, they, they did one last simulation as like the final test. But what Ender didn't know was that it wasn't a simulation, he was actually commanding all the units of humanity's armies. And then that's when he exterminated all of the formics, except Easter egg. So, yeah, don't. Go, go read the book, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good book. But it, it made me think very philosoph- philosophically at a very young age. And I think that anybody can actually learn a lot from reading that book in terms of thinking what it's like to make the hard decisions about a community. It's just in the story. It's all of all of humanity, because you know we need a bit of glitter on our <laughs> philosophical questions, so that people can actually think about these things without breaking down.
1: Oh no, that's a, it's a really interesting movie because I, I I get the feeling of like the kid feeling remorseful for his actions, but at the same time, he was not quite fully aware of his actions because he was trying to obviously do what any kid or person would do. And that is to dominate, dominate a simulation. And I can definitely see in the future where people are going to play games. And in some way, those game tactics are going to be transferred into say an AI assassin robot where we're going to have this like AI assassin robot that has the skills of like all these modern warfare, uh, expert players chasing after you, dude. That is a scary thing to think of. Think of that, like this person that does, just knows exactly like the tactic, the r- right spot to snipe, and all that kind of stuff. It could happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you think about how um, gamified things are, like StarCraft and all of that, I mean people people can are actually so incredibly efficient at. Thinking out strategies, and we can oh. we can make decisions <laughs> so damn quickly. <laughs> those those like professional StarCraft players make something like uh, geez, dozens of decisions every single second. There's a reason why those people are hopped up and absolutely high on energy drinks and things. It's because their brains are working overtime, like truly.
1: Well, uh, you. Me and you used to play a game called Agent Mythology, and I'm not sure if you ever attempted to like test the system by putting the game, because obviously there's difficulty levels like in all, all games. But Agent Mythology's hard level was something really scary, because easy and medium, I could handle, no problem. But on hard, if you just watch how the computer plays, it is very terrifying, because they basically they focus on what's important, but they put more than 250% into that one activity. So where I'm more used to kind of like my resources out and getting everything about the same time, it's not always the most optimum approach because in, in any strategy game, what do you need? Okay, I need wood. Okay, I'm going to put all my resources into wood collecting and I'm going to make sure that I collect so much wood that I will not have to go back to wood collecting for the rest of the game. So they've put all the resources to collect all the wood and gold they would ever need and then they read their, their p- opinion uh, opinion can focus on food collecting which is a slower um, more needed resource so it's, it's such an interesting way to see how the computer also optimizes the gameplay oh it's scary to see very fun but scary
0: and those things can be punishingly punishingly difficult as well those kinds of scenarios in games and especially with resource man resource management which is already <laughs> difficult in itself there's little for me as uh like um that sucks the motivation out of you just like soul dropping than like <laughs> playing a strategy game for three hours and then like you just lose <laughs> and it's because the game was so rigged against you
1: but uh, um just to clarify so that the movie slash book so, what made the book so much better than the movie itself? Like, I, I watched the movie, and I was actually quite surprised you said that, that this was quite an influential impact to your younger self. And Because I remember watching that movie, and I was like, okay, I get the movie. And when the bombshell dropped, it wasn't nearly as impactful. as like, oh, wow, that's so – that's like, well, blew my, blew my mind situation. I definitely can say that the movie was okay to watch, but I wouldn't say I would watch it again. But what made the book so much more – impactful to you?
0: So the thing that really uh, had a big impact on me, I think, or the reason why the book is so much better is because, and this is true about most books, is that you're not able to see what the internal workings of the mind of characters are inside of the visual medium, but inside books you can get an experience of what the character themselves are going, the characters themselves are going through. And I think that's actually where all the magic happens inside stories. Um, to, to a certain extent, you can also get those in video games, but that's only because you're the one that's doing the actions. So um, with, with video games, although the possibility exists, uh, you it's still you that have to go through that story or that that journey. But in books, you're told what the character is going through and that's what makes you think. But anyway, mm. uh, what were you thinking for, for no, 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 fictional I, battle?
1: I th- my, well, my fictional battle to briefly touch, I know this is such a short, um I was thinking about the Avatar movie, not the second one, the first one. And I just want to say how I really felt for that fictional battle so much for how James Cameron directed it. Because I'm talking about specifically the final battle, where initially uh, Mike Sully convinces the tribe to fight against the Sky people. And the battle is amazing. I love the visual effects of the. Helicopters getting blown from the sky, then they go into they have their like uh, Mecha Mecha droid army people coming on the ground floor where they're fighting against the ground team. And I love that whole dynamic where it was just like chaotic fire firefight where at the one point you can see that the tribe was losing. And you're like, oh crap, how how are they gonna get out of this? And I didn't expect it, I didn't see it coming where. A.O.Y., the, the god of the planet, basically uh, instructed the, all the, the fighting creatures or predators and herbivores to come and defend the tribe and repel back the sky people. And that was just like a scene of like, oh, my gosh, that was such an epic scene. Like, I can still feel that giddiness of like, oh, no ways. And then seeing like the, the one black, pa- the black Panther creature thing that was trying to kill Mike Sully at the very beginning of the movie comes down and uh, like accepts his lover as her right as its rider and it was like whoa this this movie just got so intense um I just I really love that one scene where it says that as much as a dominant force will push you down and have all the strength, it often overestimates its power and leaves a blind spot for a potential side attack that it did not see coming. I just love that kind of feeling. I love that kind of like tactic where, oh no, everything is gone. Like in Helm's Deep, everything is a failure. We're going to lose. And then all of a sudden this like burst of life comes out of nowhere. and It's like, no, we're not. We're going to win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, what I like, my favorite thing to remember about the original Avatar movie is definitely just the name of the resource that they want unobtainium (laughs) that's just the best
1: Uh, good movie good movie
0: yeah okay everyone Um, it looks like we came to the end of the episode for today unfortunately we didn't really talk about uh, Mackie's thing that much but that's fine because my one was awesome anyway and thanks again for joining us Check out the main episode because we talk about some uh, a lot more uh, fictional battles over there. And we were also joined by one of our favorite guests, Jules. So if you want to see his opinion and the important opinion, mine and Mackie's, then please check it out and we'll see you there. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.